I'd like to welcome everyone to today's edition of the Software Spotlight. And joining us today from Stockholm, Sweden, we have Oleg Daniel Danielenko, and uh, he's with the company Timico. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Nice to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you. I know um, a lot of our listeners have been following the Timico solution over the years, and uh, many are wondering uh, what it's all about and excited to have a, a sneak peek under the hood and behind the scenes and uh, to, to get some uh, details on, on the solution. So I was hoping uh, we could start out by um, giving me a, uh, a little bit of, of background on the company and, and what inspired the idea of, of the solution. Absolutely. So, uh, maybe for background, I can mention that uh, Timico are basically working in the remote, the remote work space, uh, and that, of course, important for the background. And uh, because Timico was founded in 2019, uh, so before pandemic, sure. and um, uh, how it all started in 2019, it was uh, from a lunch. Me and my co-founder Charlotte uh, had with a uh, with the CEO of one of the companies in Stockholm. It, it's a startup that was at that point uh, growing, recruiting a lot of people, and at some point they realized they need to recruit globally, so they decided to become a remote first company. But uh, what they experienced one, once having headquarters in Sweden, uh, having a couple of hubs in different places. Uh, but also individuals working with them from different locations. Uh, what the experience was that it's, it was quite challenging to build uh, one office, one team culture. So uh, people who are individuals working maybe from uh, South America or from another country in Europe, uh, they felt that, okay, headquarters, it's where people's meet, people meet, it's where things happen. And uh, they didn't really feel included in the same way. And um, that person, that CEO, shared that it's quite challenging to bring people together. And they tried different tools, different solutions. They they had, uh, as many other companies at the time, they had uh, like always on streaming cameras uh, that in in different hubs. Uh, so basically, you could anytime uh, journaling and. Uh, work together with a colleague from other location or you can see what's happening in the in one office or another office um, so so it, it kind of the, the thought of actually creating timico started with that conversation with that lunch but um, once uh, once we started looking into space there was actually much uh, bigger things that we saw as opportunities and the potential in the space Something that was specifically close for me and that served as a driver and serves as a driver for me uh, in building Timica. It's uh, maybe a bit of my personal story. So I'm myself, uh, I'm originally from Ukraine and I moved to Sweden for career reasons. So I got a position at the university here and I moved. Sure. But, uh, but I know so many uh, people, so many talented people that, uh, for some reason, they either don't want to leave their homeland. Maybe they have uh, like uh, a family they need to take care of. 
maybe they have a partner that's that has a job that's hardly transferable to another country, so to say, maybe doctors sure. or something. And and I see so many people that are just like having such huge tremendous potential, but because uh, maybe things they're good at are not happening in the place where they live, they end up uh, kind of not really utilizing their full potential. So, you know, maybe there is a person who is great engineer, great in physics, and it's not theoretical persons. Actually, it, I have a friend who is like that, uh, brilliant at physics, uh, ended up working as software engineer. Uh, I think it's, I mean, for him, it's on one hand, it's fine. He's earning money. He uh, has a good job. But I think people like him could do so much more in this world. And there are companies on the other side, there are companies that uh, need people like, like him. So there is uh, there is some of the mismatch, and there there are many jobs that could be done remotely, but just because we uh, at that point in 2019 at least remote job was something fairly niche, a lot of people in position end up uh, partly wasting their talents while companies. Sure. So it, uh, it really gives companies and individuals the opportunity to connect and hire the best talent, no matter where they are around the world exactly so that's kind of the, the bigger like internal driver but if we talk uh, like a little bit more specifically about Kimiko and how it uh, got started so it started from that line that i mentioned and then we started to look into this space and of course it's potential and what's happening uh, practically and uh, we saw and again 2018 so before pandemic uh, we saw already back then there were a number of trends that were uh, pointing towards growth of remote work. And so it was driven uh, by, by three key trends we identified at, the po- at that point. It was uh, global talent. So co- more and more companies were going beyond their location to find talent. Um, right. It was uh, excessive, uh, increasing, increasing criticism of excessive business travels. So there were many companies that were flying people back and forth just for for workshop and this kind of stuff. Uh, and it, more and more people became aware about the environmental impact of that. And the third trend was the increasing demand of flexibility from the uh, from the people, from the younger generations. Uh, and then there was a lot of, of course, service polls and uh, different data points that showed basically that uh, remote work is is uh, growing. And so I would have to imagine that um, having started all all that time ago that Timico has to be one of the first solutions to market with the level of, of tech that you have available. Um, so we were, yes, we were one of the first, not the first. Uh, so uh, there was a couple of solutions. There was one solution that existed for uh, like almost ahead maybe of, of its time, uh, existed for some years before, uh, before us. Uh, so what uh, what we uh, wanted with Kimiko is to build uh, like a virtual office, but that is not uh, that is fun, but at the same time professional. So there were some solutions that uh, looked fun and engaging, and trying to very visually re- replicate the office. Uh, we are trying to find the balance where we are uh, uh, simple and professional, uh, so that it's. It's something you can imagine using every day, day to day in your professional life without getting tired of the 
graphical element of it, so to say. Um, sure. So, so it really provides a jumping-off point for for a, a virtual office, and and I've you know obviously I'll share. I've had had some time to uh, to work in the platform and um, and explore. Obviously, uh, the technology brings together a lot of tools that companies are already using into to one space, which I think over the last few years, we've really seen um, many companies looking to have a, a, a consolidation of tools. So I think it, you know, it works with that, that trend, but also being able to lay out an office in any style or format or configuration with one floor, multiple floors, multiple areas, um, and integrating all of the different uh, components into the one platform. It's, it's really exciting. Um, how does how does the platform work to facilitate, you know, spontaneous interactions or conversations between individuals within the company, which may not exist in a, in a, you know, in a, a remote first workplace, but may exist in a in a traditional physical workspace. Yeah. So when it comes to facilitation of more ad hoc spontaneous interactions, so I would say the key is actually the visibility, the visualization of the office and of the people in the office and their their context and their uh status basically so because if, if you think about it uh, when you want to talk to someone like spontaneously uh, and you're let's say you're remote technically there there are ways to do that that existed since before internet like you can always call and that's direct communication and there are like things sure. things in different platforms that allow you to quick calls but the main problem why people actually don't do it is because you, you don't have you have zero understanding of what is the context of the person you are calling to. So in ninety five percent, you would be calling to get uh, rejected because person is in the meeting or busy or not uh, away, etc. So so the important part of actually enabling those spontaneous conversations is to visualize the status of your team, the context of your office. So when you look at your colleague and you see this person is in the focus room you know it's now maybe not a good time unless you have something super important if you see person is in the meeting that's scheduled well you can have a look at what kind of meeting and decide maybe you want to actually join this meeting maybe something relevant for you uh, or you wait for a better opportunity so uh, you know when, when you when you work in the physical office and you want to talk to someone you just uh, raise your head you look at the colleague and you see immediately, okay, he seems to be available. Uh, so, so, we are, so, so that uh, visibility is, I would say, actual, the core, the key to enabling this uh, so, so really, um, you know, going along with social norms, obviously if it's a good time to reach out to somebody and you do and you have a good interaction, you're going to take that action again versus if you reach out to somebody and have a negative reaction, I would think yeah. it would be... Uh, exactly, uh, you know. exactly. Yeah, and so I, that, I, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, that was... I noticed that, yeah, in the platform you had 
a, a lot of different statuses, uh, which now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and that's that was one example of when you want to initiate conversation. But uh, what can happen as well once you have the visibility is uh, you can see two of your colleagues uh, discussing something in the room. Uh, you can see by just by statuses. You can see that they are talking and. Since you work with them, you probably have the context uh, of what they're talking about. And in case you have some input or you have, you're have you wondering about the status of the project or maybe you have some input, you can just with one click uh, jump in, join their conversation. And this is something that absolutely not happening today in the distributed work. You, you, of course, if it happens in the synchronous channels, those conversations, right. you can see them and you can participate. But all those uh, spontaneous meetings or many of the scheduled meetings even, they happen in the parallel universe in your calendar. So they're happening, but you you would not know about it unless you actually actively check calendars of your colleagues to see when will they talk about it or what their agenda looks like today, which you normally don't do, of course. So so even even that, just seeing meetings that that, go, that are happening, that gives you possibility to participate in something that you would not participate otherwise. So it, it probably brings a, a, a lot of other um, types of creativity and, and, you know, opportunities to, uh, to explore different things that may, may happen in a traditional office setting, but um, may not happen if people are just behind their computers using all the tools that they're normally using and just uh, 100% focused on, you know, what's coming at them versus being able to interact in, in this way. So really, that that's really exciting. And it sounds like it it's um, a solution that can be used by all different types of companies. Do you see... Um, different types of companies using the solution more than others or is it a best fit for a certain type of company or a size of company or an industry or what do you say so in general i can say there is a wide range of types of companies that can use timico uh, but there is a few things that need a uh, few properties that uh, are necessary one is uh, company uh, needs to have a high degree of remoteness to to really get the value, biggest value uh, from Kimiko. Because if you are either non-remote company or hybrid company where, you know, many days a week you actually see your colleagues physically, you can still get value of Kimiko, but it's not as big as if you actually have colleagues who are never in the office or uh, you never synchronously in the office at the same time. Sure. Uh, so that would be one thing. Uh, second thing is uh, that the type of work you do, it, it's best for the, for the companies where there is high degree of interdependence. When you actually need to talk to each other to unblock yourself, to be efficient with your work. Uh, if you are a kind of organization where you sort of, uh, everybody does own thing and maybe you meet for weekly meetings. We have even those uh, companies. They often use Timico more for, like, for the social component, to like for social bonding. Um, but it's much more powerful when you actually have interdependence. When those ad hoc communications, they are not just for the social need, but they are both social and productivity needs. Unblocking yourself, building stronger team relations, etc. 
Sure. And, and, and obviously there are probably a lot of people that are, are using the platform that may never at this point have been in a physical office. So, you know, it may be uh, much, much more, um, you know, uh, something that that these individuals are are much more accustomed to but it's interesting because i think a lot of people as they're they're heading back to work um post pandemic um are finding that they get to the office and everyone has moved to other parts of the country other parts of the world and they're actually in a physical office but end up dialing in anyways so i think um you know it it uh is really uh, a mega trend in terms of um i think i think you're at the epicenter of where every company is or is heading so it's a it's really very very timely and obviously you launched the company at that at, at a, uh, a point at which uh it was a very important solution to uh to make available so a lot a lot there um what are some of the creative ways you've seen customers use the spaces for team building or social events that um that that you can think of that may may be different than what you would originally expected when you launched the platform so it's it's kind of we provide the space and we give some ideas to customers but they can then it's up to them to really use it in different fun ways and uh, we've seen a lot of fun, uh, most fun we saw with creativity that comes when people design their offices. So we've seen uh, like very different uh, themes uh, for, for office, office na- room naming, etc. Uh, just to give uh, uh, some examples. So we you know people naming their rooms like bed caves and uh, like superhero names. Uh, sure. Sometimes it like, looks absolutely random to us, but has like some kind of unique cultural aspect of that specific company. Uh, the most fun, I think, was uh, one uh, game development company from Finland. They we when we did the demo with them, we realized that in their office they have rooms like uh, a few of restrooms, like WC uh, rooms, and we asked like, okay, why do you need that in the uh, visual office? And it turned out they used that as a fun way to signal uh, focus, like "don't disturb me." And so, uh, when people were focusing, they would go to the, they would place themselves in the restroom, virtual restroom, uh, in that office layout. And that's great. But but when it comes to actually like uh, what happens in the room, uh, there are uh, many different things people do. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint something specific, but uh, one. Uh, one thing that we really like and we do ourselves and we advise our customers to do, it's, uh, for example, you onboard new people when you have a new person in your uh, team, in your uh, company, uh, to create uh, for the first uh, week or two of uh, this person's uh, work, create a room called Welcome John and ask the person to hang out there from time to time in the first week's uh, what this creates is create, gives opportunity for other colleagues to jump in, say hi, introduce in a kind of informal way, uh, not by sure. scheduling one-on-ones with every single person in the company, uh, but in an inf- informal way, just making themselves available, signaling, hey, I'm open to talk. And then uh, the team just uh, eventually jumps in and says hi, some uh, fun 
informal conversations happen. So this, I think, one of the quite practical ways. But then, of course, pe- great, people yeah. play all different kinds of games. Uh, I mean, it's this really became normal during pandemic, so there's no no surprises uh, there. Like sure. game na- nights, uh, get to know me better sessions, uh, some kind of love bonding sessions. All the different, like you know, uh, people's creativity is the only limit. So uh, with those sessions, we we are we are giving some advices and inspiration to people, but it's not like we're specifically built for. Uh, game nights or something like we, we serve as a platform as a uh, way to communicate while people play in those games uh, great um and as far as are there <clears throat> within the platform are there certain metrics that a company can look at to to understand the the connectivity or happiness or productivity of their employees or are there different ways in which um, you're able to to measure, you know, what's what's going on within the platform. Yeah. So, um, so all in all, we we we, may, we we look at a number of different engagement uh, metrics and how people interact with the platform. But it's not it's not always straightforward how to uh, transform those hard metrics into like psychological well-being metrics, etc. Uh, but so what we what we did because that's of course for us those insights are important. Uh, what we did is um, we launched a survey uh, that where after a few weeks of using Kimiko, people uh, responded on a number of questions and rated how much certain aspects changed after since they started using Kimiko. And, uh, and, sure. and there we actually got really exciting results. So uh, 91% of people uh, reported that they feel more connected to their team bottlenecks and 84% felt uh, happier at work so there is like really th- those metrics really uh, showed to us that okay we, we are doing some impact we are, we are creating some impact we are doing something good for those customers well wow, that's really exciting so th- those are very positive um, metrics have have you been um, measuring like over time you know responses from different uh, different groups to to be able to uh, compare some of the satisfaction, or just at points in time, or how how have you for been, metrics, been measuring? Uh, uh, for this yeah. for this metrics, uh, so far we just run it once. So we, we are planning to do it over time, but we are, we are fairly young as a company, so we we did it. Yeah, once. No, I think uh, we did it once. I think that would be really really interesting yeah. to uh, to see how that evolves but that that's an amazing starting point uh for for those type of metrics um overall i think uh you know it would be neat to to see on you know to see a a, a demo of the solution so people who are watching the podcast can uh, can understand uh at the bottom there's the little up arrow with the the share where you can share a, a tab uh, and that would be uh great to uh to see a visual of the the environment i think a lot of um a lot of companies are uh you know working in remote environments but may not have a tool like this that that allows them to uh to to gain the most uh most out of that solution so this is great yeah here you can see this is our office actually right now, and uh, 
I can say immediately it's, it is a little bit messy because it's our office, so we also use it for testing. For example, uh, recently we uh, released uh, Christmas objects for people to sure. uh, decorate their office for Christmas. So you see a lot of Christmas uh, theme here uh, just because we were test mm. testing all of that. Uh, but uh, when it comes to our uh, product, so what you see here is our office, and we can see it consists of a bunch of different spaces and rooms. And then you can, in each of the rooms, you can see avatars. So, uh, and here you can see an example of uh, two people actually uh, talking. And uh, how I know they're, they're, they are in some sort of active communication is that they have the camera icon. It means they have cameras on. So there is, uh, they're not just sitting together, but they actually have some kind of uh, interaction. And uh, what this gives immediately is I can see, okay, there is two people in the focus mode here. Uh, me, uh, I've placed myself in the phone booth, so I'm indicating that I'm an external uh, call outside Kimiko. Uh, and then there is a bunch of people just sitting and working in, in, in two of our teams, and one person is in the in the launch. So you, you kind of immediately see, okay, well, uh, probably these people I should not disturb. They're focusing. Uh, people here and here, I can start conversation. They're just working in a neutral mode, so to say. And people, people here, they are in communication, but uh, maybe I want to join. Uh, it's a QA lab, so I guess they're testing. I, I can, you can see there's some guests popped up. Probably there's some working on the guest experience. And then if I have, sure. if I have some thoughts, I can just jump in. And maybe that's actually what I can do, just uh, to show you the uh, conversation part of the platform. Uh, now I use multiple screens. So here I'm dragging my call window uh, to the right screen. Uh, now it can be, get because uh, I'm in two video calls now it can get a bit slower I guess so, so now you can see I'm in the room oh that's a lot of fun so you can actually see uh, see other people in the room and uh, I love it hello guys uh, I'm just uh, demoing sorry for distracting so it's uh, it's it's that easy. You basically what all I did, I clicked on the room and then just uh, enabled my camera and microphone and I could join their conversation. Got it. But but oh, I will leave in two video. Being in two video calls can get uh, hard yeah, and confusing. But uh, but basically, or maybe one more thing I can show you uh, about the video call. So I, I, right now, uh, this floating uh, video that popped up. It's uh, always on top, so I can uh, work with other tools. I can open Google Docs and at the same time keep keep this window floating on top. So I always feel like uh, you know collaborating with my colleagues. Uh, but also, if I'm in a more meetings scenario, I can just of course uh, zoom in and just have a normal uh, normal video call. So one on one meeting, uh, exactly. So you can have uh, so it's kind of a typical video experience here. Nothing in this sense, nothing special. Um, so, and each of those rooms is basically video enabled, almost each of those, except rooms created with the purpose of being focusing or be indicating that you are away. Um, so in each of those rooms, you can just jump in, start conversation, uh, leave as you want. Uh, and you can do ad hoc meetings, you can do scheduled meetings, you can, uh, you can use it the way you want. So you can cover your communication needs. Uh, here, uh, also you can see that on one of the rooms I have, um, 
the calendar indication. So it's uh, uh, I have a meeting with Peter starting in this room soon. So sure. so that's where where we have integration with the calendar. So you can actually get a quick overview of what other people uh, are doing if they have some event booked. Uh, so uh, here, for example, or uh, for yourself, you have this panel on top where we pull your agenda for today. So you can join any meetings directly from Kimiko without switching back and forth. Yeah, so it really integrates all of your different tools into one one view. And I noticed there at the bottom, it looked like it had everyone's social profiles and uh, Slack and different uh, different yes. tools that are integrated. Yes, exactly. So we have uh, uh, we have uh, integration with Slack, and uh, the purpose of Slack integration is uh, simple. So Kimiko, we provide, uh, first of all, synchronous communication. That's the core of what we do. And then, of course, uh, companies can use different solutions for other aspects of their communication. They, they can use our own chat if they want to, but if it's an organization that's, sure. that's already using Slack or Microsoft Teams, we want them, of course, to be able to uh, make use of those platforms without having to do a full switch, so to say, immediately. So uh, with Slack, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense because obviously a lot of organizations already have tools that that they're using. So you've just integrated them into your communication channel here. That that's neat. So what we're trying to achieve here is that you know the first step when you want to talk to someone is you need to decide what channel to use: email, Slack, uh, just uh, directly via, via ad hoc communication uh, join with video or maybe you want to schedule a meeting and uh, what we want to achieve is that by looking at this view you can immediately understand well uh, this person's not available so maybe I, i'll just slack uh, when you click the slack button and we bring up immediately chat uh, with this person in slack for you so you don't have to sure. look for a person in Kimiko and then if person is not available go to slack and look for this person again uh, so we transition you uh, kind of uh, in an easy uh, smooth manner to other tools you use and uh, speaking of integrations maybe something I can highlight here as well we have a concept so called room wall here on the right you can see this panel sure and this is the place uh, so, so what we want is that you can bring your tools into the right context. So when you are in the room having conversation, you have also a set of your tools that you typically uh, use in this context. Uh, and w when I say context in this case, I mean this is a team, a product team room. So that's where a product team has their dailies, their plannings, and basically all of their meetings. And of course, every day they have a daily, they open up their uh, board with tickets, uh, they might want to look at the KPIs and or OKRs. They might uh, have a look at the roadmap. So, of course, we, uh, like having this room wall with those uh, pinned tools allows you to quickly bring something up without going to your browser looking for a right link, etc. Um, and if you use desktop version, uh, desktop client, uh, you can actually open it up uh, directly in Kimiko, so you don't have to leave the platform to see that. Here I just opened out center just for the sake of uh, of the demo, but uh, you can basically sure. in this case we serve as a browser more or less, so you can just open almost any cloud tool you want. So, so and that 
brings up another good question. So are people able to just view different documents and things, or are they able to interact with them? You know, or does it depend on the platform? So uh, uh, this room wall, it's per, unique per room. And then uh, what, okay. we, what we do once you click here, we open this uh, tool on your device. So w w okay. what you can or cannot do, it's still controlled by the permissions set within that tool. Sure. Uh, so we, of course, don't want to break the... So it respects uh, the privacy it, and exactly. security and all of that. I got it. That's great. That, that was really what I was wondering. Um, and, the, and then and maybe knew... maybe to add, and this this like you can see it when you are in this room, but you can also uh, see other uh, like uh, what let's say other team has us in in APIs or in the roadmap, etc. So it allows you to almost like create in each team room, for example, create a little bit of a home uh, home page for that team that yeah. team can use, but also external people can uh, access. So, so you're not only providing the space to collaborate, but you're also allowing users to collaborate with the tools that they're familiar with within those spaces. Exactly. Okay. Neat. Now, can can you show us the different statuses? I know you you mentioned that was a, a fairly important uh, component to this. Oh, but, uh, there's when it comes to visualization of the status and context. There's a few layers. Uh, one, the first layer is. Where in which room you are. That's what I've already covered. Depending on the room, you can understand if the person is in the scheduled meeting or uh, focusing, etc. Uh, second level is when the person is in the room, you can see whether they are actually uh, actively communicating, like uh, marching the Gabi. They actually have a microphone on, so you can see, okay, they are actually speaking. They are not just uh, working in the same room. They are actually acti actively communicating. Uh, that's the second level. Uh, third level, it's integration with the calendar. Once you once you see they are communicating, you can see is there a meeting that they have. In this case, no, it's just ad hoc, no meeting. Here on the room, I would see okay, well, they have a scheduled meeting, and then I can. That's the third layer, and uh, th those are happen automatically, more or less, uh, as via integrations or as you collaborate. And then there is additional layer which is uh, more manual, so you can uh, you can basically set a status for yourself. Uh, maybe I want to indicate that I'm taking a break for thirty minutes. And so then uh, a small icon pops up here, and I can see okay, Oleg is taking a break. Um, so this kind of provides additional context. If uh, if someone maybe is in the kitchen, you can indicate like uh, that you are having lunch, or if you are away. You can uh, put uh, that you are walking a dog for ten minutes. Uh, so, gives sure. additional, my, additional my favorite context. status was my favorite status was kids are around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean that, that's that, yeah. That, that's that's you know that's remote work. Sometimes you might work from an easel environment, or uh, maybe your kids are sick at home and you're just uh, sure sneakily working a little bit. So you want to communicate this to your team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think everyone. Everyone has uh, personal lives, and that's that's part of uh, part of our world. Um, um, yeah. And are are there any other uh, main 
you know, high level integration features that, that teams find really, um, really useful that uh, you wanted to highlight? Or I know you mentioned Slack. I know you mentioned Teams. So I would, uh, from the deeper integration, it's Slack and Calendar, Google Calendar and Outlook Calendar. Uh, and then uh, via RoomWall, you can integrate uh, many different tools. It's not a deep integration where we integrate via API, but you can basically sure. pin different things. So I think uh, that's uh, that covers the integrations uh, component. Great. I mean, that that's fantastic to see the, the visual. And I... I love all of the uh, the holiday decorations and all of that. It it does uh, does add quite a bit to the uh, the, the feel. And so, the important part is so actually that the uh, space is fully customizable. So it's uh, we are not dictating how your space looks like. This is uh, so we have a build mode, and then you can reshape, resize, rename. Uh, you can do whatever you want with the rooms, and that's that's of course very important because that's when you as a company can. Uh, by via office design, facilitate a certain kind of collaboration happening or a social communication happening, and uh, also uh, we provide the abilities to brand your office. So uh, if your company has uh, maybe you know pink as your color, okay. So colors and branding, yeah, and and, like and we we try to keep it simple, so it's not like super. You know, don't need to be a designer and you know. Change sure. hundreds of things, but a few simple settings, and you add a little bit of a, uh, your personal, uh, your your branding into the office. And of course, you can change the logos and carpet in this room, etc. Sure, so, no, that that's fun. Um, you know, as far as like different size organizations, um, you know, let's say a company had you know fifty people distributed around the world versus a company that had 500 people are are there different uh considerations for different size companies or or is it just uh a very scalable platform so for uh, for companies uh, that are bigger and that don't fit in one floor in nice way uh, so we have concept of floors uh, here we have many okay. floors so in, in our case uh, most of those floors are empty it's, uh, it's experimenting with different layouts but I can just sure. uh, open the random floor. And uh, here, uh, one way to design the office, so this is a bit more clean, cleaner, uh, cleaner than our floor. Uh, but basically, you can, because if you are a bigger company, it doesn't mean that you need to see everybody. Actually, if you saw everybody on the same floor, it would be, it would, you wouldn't be able to grasp, grasp it. So you you, sure. you always structure it around some kind of areas. So then those areas can live in different floors. You can still interact with those people, but uh, most of the time you only see your part of the organization. And then, so, so that's how, so that's how it, you scale, it, basically. You build up floors. Yeah. Do, does it make sense to, to structure? And obviously there's, there's no right or wrong answer, but do you see companies structuring their floors by organizational area? So maybe marketing on one floor, sales and manufacturing on different floors and things like that? Or do you, do you see more of a common workspace? I mean, obviously you have many clients using the system in, in different ways, you know, yes. just in terms of ideas or creativity. So uh, there, there are a few, few general patterns uh, we see. Uh, three 
main routes, so to say, companies take when designing their office. Uh, some companies, okay. uh, typically very small companies, sometimes uh, they actually have a room per person. Uh, that's not very typical, okay. but uh, uh, that's uh, we've seen that. Uh, then there is second way is room per team. Uh, that is probably the most typical uh, with the, our customers. When for each room you have, uh, for each team you have a room dedicated to the team where they have their dailies, their routine meetings, etc. And a third way, which is also quite common, it's for companies that work with projects, maybe uh, agencies, um, different kind of digital agencies, uh, where they work with multiple customers, multiple projects. They create room per project, and then they can use it, uh, those rooms, both to store some key documents in that room for room wall, to communicate around project in, the, in that room, and they can even... Um, invite their external uh, customers or partners uh, into that room for uh, for ad hoc communication uh, with external oh, users. That's great. So 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 that's those are the three directions and when it comes to floors um typically uh, people are structured by organizational areas uh, so uh, not by uh, function but by part of the organization so to say uh, so that uh, because one of the great advantages that, of Kimiker is that it, it, it helps you bring silos together. And so you don't want to put, uh, I don't know, marketing part of the organization and engineering part into different floors and create silos. You actually want them, you know, those cross-functional uh, areas in one floor to facilitate the conversations between them. Uh, so, so typically, yeah, uh, division, division is not on function, but on, on, on area. But again, it all depends on what you want to achieve as a company and what's your culture and great organization structure. Sure. And obviously, the invitation process is pretty straightforward to invite a new team member or what have you. But can you talk a little bit more? You, you kind of touched a little bit on, on vendors and and partners and things like that. How How would a vendor or a partner kind of interact with people within the office? How How is that, that done? So, uh, if you are, if you want to invite your partner to the office, you can of course just invite as a full full member, and then they get uh, full ac uh, full member access. Uh, if it's more limited partnerships, uh, what what you can do is uh, you can share your uh, office link or personal link. Uh, so we have we're, that's actually something we are. Uh, built fairly recently and also uh, do a lot of iterations on there but you basically can you, you have an office address say, as, as, as office link so when people come to okay. come to your office using office link uh, you can decide whether you want to be notified or not so people come to uh, they land in the lobby in the reception and then uh, those people who chose to be notified for office guests, they get a prompt saying, John is waiting in the lobby. And then and then from there, you as a host, as a member of the office, can uh, pull that person into the right room. Into, uh, oh, that, that's great. That's, so, for example, yeah, I mean, let's say we were Walmart and uh, we wanted to invite a, a vendor in to give a demo of their solution or show us a new product. So they would wait in the lobby, just like in a traditional experience. And then when somebody wants to let them in, they could be let into a room to 
interact with whoever the appropriate people were. Okay. And, and, and also have a personal link, which is uh, similar, but it's your, it's your personal uh, contact, so to say. So when, when people uh, use that link, they, they gain, they get to the reception as well, but it's only you who get notified. So it's perfect. For example, if you want, uh, sure. if you want people to have easy way to reach you, you can put it in your email signature. There's many creative ways you can use it, but basically this is your direct line and uh, people can click on the link and you get notified and you can choose uh, whether you are available now or whether uh, now is not a good time. So you could set up a specific time for a meeting or something like that, and they could come in, wait in the lobby, and then, then yeah. you'd meet them at uh, that time. So the personal link is more for like always on. So it's like right. it's like giving a phone number. You you give a link, and then people at any moment can try to reach you in your office. Um, but if you want for a specific meeting, uh, like when you book meeting, uh, like we have calendar extension. So uh, when you book meetings in calendar, you can just choose Teamic or the same way as you choose Zoom or Microsoft Teams or uh, other video providers. And then we create unique link that is that you can then map to any room you want. Uh, so so in this case, it's a simpler floor cause, flow because then your meeting guests, they get directly into the room you chose. Makes for a them. lot of so, sense. So, so sure. that flow is simpler. And you can, of course, always just copy a link to a room and, you know, just share it right now. So, so, it's, so we, so it's, is there an option to, to expire a link? Like after you've had a, you know, a, a meeting with a, a vendor or something like that? Yeah. So, or, um, for, uh, meeting links, uh, they are just for one meeting. So they, they expire after okay. some time, uh, for, uh, personal links, the general idea is that they are more permanent links. It's like your address, your phone Makes number. Sense. Of course, if, if it happens so that you accidentally uh, leaked your link in the place where you didn't want to have, maybe you send it to someone who shouldn't get it and then you get some spammers sure. uh, clicking on it for some reason. Uh, so you, you get a way, of course, to reset it. So then it's, uh, the whole becomes invalid and you get a new link. So those sense. measures are here. But the whole point with uh, these two links is that they serve as your permanent address to reach you, uh, unless something happens. That's fantastic. That's a very creative uh, concept. So as far as, um, I just want to make sure we have time to talk about it. Um, are there any recent features that, that you've released that uh, that 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 are or timely that uh, you wanted to talk about or new features that are on the roadmap and coming up that you wanted to share? Yes, absolutely. So from the stuff that we uh, recently released, um, it's, I would say, this uh, uh, guest experience, the office guest and personal guest uh, is this things we recently um, released and uh, we, we did based on the customer feedback. We had users uh, asking, uh, can we have a way to put our contact information, our uh, some kind of link in the email uh, footer so that people can easily reach us at any, any point. Um, and, and that's that's why those things were built. And we are doing some improvements there. Sure. So some creative ways, of course, we want to facilitate people uh, using those links in creative ways. So there's more more improvements and iterations coming there uh, where you can get, get uh, not just link, but you can get sort of widgets you can embed in different things. 
but uh, from the things that we are currently working on that's coming soon, uh, we are, so we have also mobile apps for iOS and Android. So you can, uh, sure. you can basically, if you're on the go and need to join the meeting, no problem, you can use that. Uh, so what we're working on right now to also uh, make mobile apps more feature complete. So right now it's, uh, has limited functionality compared to uh, desktop and web client. So that's something again, uh, based on the customer uh, feedback, we want to give more options to mobile users to use Unicorn in a more full, full, full manner. Um, we were working on some customization options and uh, integrations, of course, is always, uh, always requested, always interesting uh, for our users. Uh, but uh, what we are also uh, working on is the refinement of the concept and the different behaviors given because everybody is unique. Everybody wants different preferences. Some people want to have this default state of the camera. Some people don't want it. So, so we're trying to give more control and improve, level up the usability of the product to, so that people can give more options to people. So, so, so that's maybe the stuff we're working on right now. It might sound a bit boring because it's not like exciting features, yeah. features but what we feel, no, but what obviously we feel for someone who's in the platform every day, these are, are key considerations. Yeah. So, so that, those are, those are the things are coming. And is, is that, um, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but is that pretty much how you, uh, pick the path for new new features and things like that through user feedback and and the like. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, yes and no. Of course, there is a mix because sometimes uh, sometimes customers don't, don't know they need something until they get this. Right. Uh, what, actually, one example maybe I should have shown during the demo, but you can see uh, Martin here. He has a hat, like tiny hat. Uh, this is uh, something we came up with. It's called kudos hats. Uh, you know, in the physical office, when someone does a good job, you like maybe high five or pat on the back, yeah, yeah. etc. Uh, which is a bit awkward. It becomes a bit awkward in the digital space. So what what we have is um, virtual kudos hats. So you have you have this hat on every person, and you can just. Uh, reward person with a hat saying, okay, you then is high achiever. Uh, That's kind of fun. Great job with something. And then you can send this hat. And the, and the, if I send it and you and accepts it, it will be visible in the office for everybody. So it's kind of to, you know, this sense to uh, facilitate the feedback, the reward and the share of recognition uh, for the full team. So it's, it's really fun. And those were well, was one of the things where no one asked for it, but we thought uh, that we need to do something about it. We need to give people ways to recognize each other. Uh, but uh, but many of the things, they are based on the users, and we are trying to be very user-centric. And one of the first things that we had in the platform is uh, feedback button. Uh, it's actually used to be a big yellow button in the early days, uh, in the first versions, sure. because we really want people to, to make sure that people see it and share their feedback. And a lot of the early improvements and uh, product development was based on the feedback we got via that uh, integration with the feedback gathering platform. And uh, one other question. So 
what kind of advice would you give to a manager who's trying to build culture and unity within their, their remote team who's getting started with the platform? Um, uh, maybe uh, like one or two important advices when actually starting with our platform. It's uh, when you introduce Timico, don't just, or, or similar to, uh, don't just uh, say, hey, here is the, uh, here is something I signed up for. Let's give it a try, maybe. But since the platform it relies on uh, people being together, so when you start using using Timico, you want to make sure that people actually start at the same time and commit to do a proper trial for week week or two. So you say, let's let's for the next two weeks uh, do our dailies in Timico, for example. Uh, so you sort of have to do that if you want to really experience the value because you want to, you need people to be there. So on average users use Timico 7.8 hours a day. So it's not something you start for a meeting sure. and then you close. It's something that you have. So that's maybe like specifically uh, uh, starting with similar platforms. Uh, but on advice is how to facilitate uh, culture. I think it's uh, one interesting thing I mentioned before is when you onboard people, uh, creating those rooms that helps really with onboarding, creating a welcome room for the people, uh, for the new people. Um, another part, I would say, make sure that you make office your own because we put a lot of efforts into giving tools to users so that it, it, when you work with Timico, it doesn't feel like a Timico platform. It feels like your office. So uh, we really advise you to like decorate it, uh, bring in some of your unique culture, some of your branding. So when people join, they feel uh, this is my space. Uh, like it's not some generic tool; it's actually our space. And um, maybe even organize a session with your team where you design the space together, where you can kind of together shape it up in the way you want. So it almost becomes like a, a team building exercise to design your virtual virtual office. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Make, obviously, uh, making it feel like your company. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then um, finally, can you give us an idea of, you know, in your space of, of the market, what you're seeing for, for big trends uh, as we're heading into 2024? So uh, post-pandemic, there was a lot of discussions going back to office, not going back to office, etc. So what we see now in 2023, the, uh, all the metrics show that the share of uh, remote work was stabilized. So it was very high during pandemic. Then it went a bit down or quite a bit down. And now it's stable. Uh, so even though in the news, sometimes you can see uh, big companies going, pushing back to office on average, the office occupancy is flat. Many things are flat now. And uh, the prediction is that it will start now growing again with the healthier uh, growth, uh, growth rates. So that's one of the trends. So uh, what's important to understand that remote work and flexible work is not anymore future of work. It's actually became the present of work. Many companies uh, do that and embrace that model. Uh, and in terms of other trends, uh, there are many companies that experimented with different flavors of hybrid. So for hybrid companies, it seems that the approach of structured hybrid is uh, the best now 
uh, and structured hybrid, it's when you have, uh, when you're not just saying you can come to office anytime you want, but uh, you, you, you say, well, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we are in the office, please, uh, let's come to office. The other days, it's up to you. And uh, but that's among hybrid. So that seems to be the, the winning approach according to the different experiments and uh, that sure. So it gives a, a level of expectations. Yes. Makes sense. Yes. Okay, that's great. And then um, for listeners that are are still with us and excited about getting started with the platform and uh, want to uh, get up and running. Um, obviously, we'll leave a, a, a link in the show notes for people to to get started. But um, can you talk a little bit about the pricing models and licensing, and how you know how would a company decide how to get started? Yeah, so, uh, when it comes to pricing, we have quite simple models. So we have uh, price per seat. And uh, then you can choose either to pay monthly or, or yearly. So if you pay yearly, it's $6 per user per month. Uh, if you choose to pay monthly, it's $8 per user per month. So that's pretty much uh, this, the, the that is, structure. That's great. That That's the most straightforward pricing I've seen. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't get any simpler than that. And can, can a company... Uh, start with the free trial and then transition to either monthly or yearly how, how does that that work is that yeah so uh, you can just sign up uh, like you don't need to give credit card to make, make any decisions early on sure. on the yearly or monthly commitment you can just start free trial uh, it's 14 days and then when it's uh, over you decide uh, okay. which, which, which model get, to go for uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't get fairer than that. So no, I have to say I actually have um, used a solution, um, you know, in several different applications, including one that was a little bit unique, a, a trade show uh, that was actually hosted on the platform. So you know, I think um, the technology is absolutely uh, current and uh, really integrates everything that that a company could uh, could need in a remote office environment and i i think that the commitment to continuing to evolve uh and you know the roadmap that you talked about makes a lot of sense so really appreciate your taking the time out to join us on the podcast today and um just wanted to give everyone an idea of our next podcast. Uh, the next show that we'll have is with Kanad Bakler, who is the chief product officer and co-founder of Potion. Uh, Potion is a video prospecting tool designed for sales professionals to help them record personalized videos at scale and to send prospects uh, these proposals. So that's an AI-driven solution and something very exciting. We're looking forward to. Uh, to seeing and uh i'd like to to thank you for your time uh oleg joining us on the software spotlight today thank you it was my pleasure